Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're doing well today. I got a message from my friend Audra recently. She asked if I had listened to any lectures by Alan Watts. And this was very interesting because I'd actually just listened to him a few hours before I received that message. And that was weird enough just on its surface. But then Kim was previewing some books on Audible and she was playing a few of them that uh, she wanted me to check out. And she said, hey, I really think you'd like this guy. And she played it and it was none other than Alan Watts. And whenever things like this happen all in the same day, I take special notice. Uh, I didn't used to. I thought, you know, I have everything figured out. These are coincidences, nothing to see here. (laughs) But uh, now I know better. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with Alan Watts, he is a British philosopher, was a British philosopher, that uh, popularized Eastern philosophy to the West. Uh, He wrote more than 25 books and recorded countless lectures. Um, One of my favorites that he did was on Western religion. I will uh, link the video in the show notes uh, because he says things a lot better than I do. But um, (laughs) he puts forth this premise that in the Christian mythology that the human individual is basically put on probation. Um, His stance is that if he is at all the son of God, it's only by grace and really not one of the, one of the circle of trust people in the family. When you think of the father, the son and the Holy ghost, uh, the human element is sort of outside of all that. And uh, what he means by this is that God has really only one son and is the second person of the Trinity. And the Trinity constitutes the family and everything else. And humans were just sort of created as an affectation. And while the world and humans are beloved by God, he's not really dependent on it. Uh, In a sense, he fathered it and it really has no mother. So it's sort of like uh, the humans are just this stray orphan, you know, lost in this world. And the relationship between God and humans was sort of always framed like a king and his subject. And uh, this created an estranged relationship. I mean, you have the father and then these children who are just running amok and have to be kept in their place. Uh, and it's almost as if, the, uh, as Alan Watts says it, it's like the God is a little afraid of the children because they're just out of control. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they have to feel grateful for their existence and basically obey the rules. And I remember when I was a kid and I was forced to go to church, uh, we had to sing these horrible songs. Like they, they would have lines like, uh, man is by nature a sinner and how we are undeserving of God's love. And, <laughs> you know, you owe everything you have to God. And basically you're in debt 
from the minute you're born. And as a debtor, you have a duty to obey. Um, man is essentially expected to crawl and grovel his whole life. And this idea of reality has been pretty much the dominant belief, at least here in America, for a very long time. And it's a concept that you're so bad intrinsically that at any time that you should be punished and you should be grateful for the fact that there's just someone out there that cares enough to punish you. <laughs> um, and it's only a matter of mercy that you're not punished. Um, these prayers of the Christian church are full of like, uh, oh Lord, we're not worthy. <laughs> and uh, when you think about going around with that feeling about reality and that God is watching you at all times, it's, you're like, you feel like a released prisoner waiting to be caught at any moment. And in this mythology, there is this eye of the eternal judge just watching you. And uh, this is not a sustainable philosophy. And it's a sin to even question it. And honestly, this drove people crazy. Um, it led many people to adopt the belief that there is no higher power because they just didn't know how else to reject it. This like overbearing, invisible sky daddy. It was, it was just too much. And what's happened is, is that spirit of rebellion in America has manifested in many ways. I uh, recently watched a documentary called Hail Satan. And it is all about the temple of Satan. And it follows them in their quest to sort of combat the religious right whenever they go and put up Ten Commandment monuments at courthouses. What they do is, anytime someone is going to put up a Ten Commandment document, uh, statue rather, uh, they go in and apply to erect one of their famous Baphomet statues, which I'll post a picture of this on my Instagram, but the uh, it's a quite uh, intimidating looking statue. Uh, it has a goat head, uh, male body. It stands about nine feet tall. <laughs> and um, it's definitely there to intimidate. But they don't really do this in order to actually erect the statue. I don't think that is what their main objective is. They're essentially trying to give these religious right folks a civics lesson. So in Oklahoma, what happened was that whenever the opposition was faced with the fact that the Supreme Court said, yes, this Temple of Satan group can put up their statue if you can put up yours. Um, the, the Christian right said, okay, never mind. We're going to just, <laughs> we're going to keep that out of the, uh, out of the public space. And that's really the effect that they want. You know, they don't want to have the statue going up. It's really not that big of a deal for them. 
uh, they're really just kind of trying to troll the Christians because in this country, even though they say it's freedom of religion, that's pretty much only if you're a Christian. Um, and so the film actually follows another case where they did the same thing when uh, the state of Arkansas was going to put up a Ten Commandment statue at one of their courthouses. And they followed the same same suit. They, they turned in their paperwork and all hell broke loose, <laughs> pun intended, because uh, they, they didn't really take these guys seriously. And so they went ahead and put up their Ten Commandment statues and immediately, you know, they went to court over being able to put up the Baphomet statue. And essentially, at the end of the day, after many protests and many <laughs> debates, uh, Temple of Satan won. And you can see it now. It's uh, standing on the courthouse grounds in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is uh, my old stomping grounds, you may you may have remembered. But uh, it's, it's kind of bizarre to think that <laughs> happened. Throughout the film, there's a lot of uh, people on the, on the Christian side that are just outraged at this whole thing. And they like to make arguments that the founders of this country were Christians. They were good, honest Christians with, uh, you know, they went to church and they believed in God, which it really couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I mean, there's a very clear separation of church and state in the Constitution. Now, what's interesting is, you know, people point to the the money and say, well, why does it say in God we trust? This actually happened in the mid-50s. And it was during this time that the religious right was sort of co-opting the government. Billy Graham was really a huge factor in all that. He was cozying up to all the lawmakers at the time. He's a TV evangelist for those of you that are uh, fortunate enough not to know who he is. And um, he influenced them, got got them to put in all kinds of stuff like this. Uh, I think he got in Dwight Eisenhower's ear, which led to the In God We Trust on Our Money, which we still see today. Um, but as far as the obsession with the Ten Commandment monuments, when that movie came out, which was also around the mid-50s, uh, the filmmakers started sending them to courthouses around the country as a way to promote the film. And of course, the religious powers that be just ate this up. And before you know it, they have effectively infiltrated our government. And so from there, if you go fast forward 10 years, uh, Anton LaVey formed the Church of Satan. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, anytime there is a force like this that is trying to dominate and take it over, especially with one with the origins, uh, like we talked about earlier in terms of uh, what Alan Watts was talking about and how Christianity is really set up, 
it's no wonder that you come up with these these rebels because really to me that's what america was founded on is these anarchists and rebels that didn't want to pay taxes and that didn't want to be told who to worship and you know throughout the film you see these different groups just arguing and yelling at each other and the christians just fall right into their trap because anytime that we argue that passionately against something um you're we just strengthen it and so they really give the temple of satan more of more power than than they think they should or or maybe it's like one of these uh, superhero movies where you have to have the villain and really they're sort of like two sides of the same coin. That's kind of what I see happening here <laughs> because, you know, both of these viewpoints are, in my opinion, completely mythological and uh, they seem to be defined um, by the hatred of one another than actually what they love. Obviously, there are countless um, charity thing, charities that that uh, that Christians give to, and uh, anytime there's people being helped out, uh, I look at that as a great thing. But then again, on the other side, there's also charities that the Temple of Satan donates to. Uh, they help out the homeless. Uh, they adopt highways, <laughs> and they're not without a sense of humor either. They pick up trash with pitchforks. It's pretty funny to watch. Um, but they, like I said, they, they just sort of uh, feed off of each other. Um, you know, both the satanic nihilist and the Christian creationist, they just take a low view of humans. And, and as such, you know, their followers behave accordingly. Um, it would sort of be like as if I tried to take on LeBron James in a game of one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, if I went up to him and said, look, I can smoke you in basketball anytime, any place, let's do a one-on-one, -on -one. he would just laugh at me. <laughs> you could take one look at me and realize I'm not a basketball player. So that's really the view that the Christian should be taking towards the, the temple of Satan, unless, of course, they perceive them as a real threat. And every time they do, they just give them more power. Now, on the same turn, I I don't disagree with their with the Temple of Satan's uh, agenda here in terms of trying to keep religion out of government, but they seem to be intrinsically tied to the Christian faith as well. Uh, I think a lot of them, though, are basically just atheist with a sense of humor um, but personally I believe the universe is just a strange and mysterious place and it's okay to not have all the answers in, in fact that's kind of what makes it fun that's actually the whole point of being an eternal spirit having a human existence you just explore and love and express your true divinity every day I will post a link to the documentary Hail Satan in the show notes. If you don't want to take the time and watch all that, I will post some pictures of Baphomet on the Little Rock Courthouse grounds, which is, uh, wow, 
stranger than you can ever imagine. <laughs> that, that'll be on my Instagram, the Coffee Buzz PC. Make sure you follow me there. As always, you can find me at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>